Many of you know I was in the Philippines last month on a medical mission, and we had many crowds that came up. And sometimes you just wondered where these people came from because we were in very small places, but there would be a mass of people, hundreds, literally hundreds of hundreds of people. The very first day, there were over 600 people that showed up. And they were there because they could get medical attention. And they were there for healing. And that's what we read about today. There are people following Jesus around for healing. But I also want us to think about other types of crowds in our lives this morning. I want us to think about activities, schedules, people in our lives, things that might crowd God out of our lives. I want us to, to be thinking about that. Keep that running in the background while we're doing this. Our scripture reading this morning does come from Mark's Gospel, the fifth chapter, verses 21 through 43. Consider the word of the Lord. When Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered around him, and he was by the sea. Then one of the leaders of the synagogue named Jairus came, and when he saw him, fell at his feet and begged him repeatedly, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. So he went with him. And a large crowd followed him and pressed in on him. Now there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years. She had endured much under many physicians and had spent all that she had and she was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard about Jesus, came up behind him in the crowd, touched his cloak. For she said, if I but touch his clothes, I will be made well. Immediately, her hemorrhage stopped, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Immediately aware that power had gone forth from him, Jesus turned around about in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing in on you. How can you say, Who touched me? He looked all around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling, fell down before him and told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. While he was still speaking, people came from the leader's house to say, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the leader of the synagogue, Do not fear, only believe. He allowed no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, 
the brother of James. When they came to the house of the leader of the synagogue, he saw a commotion, people wheeling and wailing loudly. When he had entered, he said to them, why do you make such a commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. Then he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, which means, little girl, get up. And immediately, the girl got up and began to walk about. She was 12 years of age. At this, they were overcome with amazement. He strictly ordered them that no one should know this and told them to give her something to eat. The word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Please be in prayer with me and for me. Gracious and loving God, God who wants to touch us all and change our lives and make us whole. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our salvation. Amen. Well, pretty amazing here. We get two stories, right? Uh, as, as, uh, as some biblical scholars call it, they call this a Markan sandwich. Mark puts a story inside another story. There are other examples of this in chapter 3, chapter 6, chapter 11 of Mark, if you want to look them up sometime. It's kind of interesting. What are y'all's favorite sandwiches? You know, like, you know, I like, uh, in, in The Princess Bride, Billy Crystal says there's nothing better than a good MLT, right? Mutton, lettuce, and tomato, you know? So uh, I don't know what everybody's favorite sandwich is, but I kind of like the, the Markin sandwiches. And here we have the, you know, the, the, the first slice, I guess, is the, the synagogue leader, Jairus, coming and asking Jesus to heal his daughter. And then we have the woman with the issue of blood in the middle getting healed. And then we go back to Jairus' sick daughter. So and that, that's what they mean when they call it a sandwich. You start, one, you start one story and come in the middle and then start another one. So I've got a few things that I want to try and convey this morning so that we can apply this story to our lives today, to our lives today. And I'm sure we can all imagine what it would be like in a crowd, as I said earlier. You can imagine your own crowd situation. I personally like to avoid crowds as much as I can, but we all still get in them sometimes, and sometimes even by choice. We, uh, some of us still do that. The first thing I want us to ponder is, how did Jairus and how did the woman with the issue of blood know about Jesus? You think they saw it on Facebook? Or you think somebody uh, texted them? Or maybe, or, you know, or maybe they got a Twitter feed from, uh, one of the, from the king or something, right? No, they didn't have any of that. They had, they had word of mouth. There was, there was, and there was very, very little of anything that was written and passed around. 
So when something amazing happens, people talk, right? People talk about it. And, and Jesus had just come back. It's, when, we, when we started there, it said he got off the boat. He, he, he was back on the Jewish side of the lake. He had been over in the Decapolis region, and he had, heard, he had healed the demoniac out, in the, out there that was among the graves and all. That's where he had come back from. So the stories of his fame were going around, even though, as in this, as in this passage we read this morning, most of the time, when he, when he performed a miracle, what did he say? Don't tell anybody about this, right? He was trying as best he could, actually, to keep down the publicity until the time was ripe, so to speak. Because he knew that if he raised too much of a rabble, that the forces, the forces in power would shut him down would shut him down, and he didn't want that to happen. So, and it, and it even says there about the woman with the issue of blood that she had heard about Jesus, right? She heard about Jesus because somebody told her. You know, we're surrounded by, by crowds, literally, millions of people that haven't heard about Jesus, you know? Some of you might think, well, how is that possible today? But believe me, it's possible. There are many, many folks around us who haven't heard about Jesus. So it's, our, it's, it's all of our responsibility to tell people and let them hear also so that they can come and understand what it means to have a relationship with the, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. The next question I want us to consider is what in our lives crowd Jesus, crowd God out of our lives. What is it? Now Jairus, I, I would say many people could probably relate to him. He had property, he had prestige, he had a certain amount of power, but when he saw that his daughter was near the end, all of that stuff didn't matter. None of that mattered to him. And he went to Jesus, someone he had heard could cure people, and asked him to heal his daughter. The woman with the issue of blood, what had kept her from coming to Jesus before or going to the temple? I think a number of things. One, one were social conventions. She was an outcast. She was unclean. She, uh, according to the purity laws in Leviticus chapter 15, she wasn't supposed to be anywhere around a crowd of people. Yet she sneaked through the crowd and touched Jesus. And we also know what? She had spent all, she was poor because she had spent all her money on doctors, right? And uh, I won't ask for a show of hands. If anybody spent all their money on doctors and are no better off than they were before, that's what it's, it's. In fact, it says she's even worse off than she was before. But she heard that Jesus could heal people, and said if she just touched his robe, which is an interesting thing. I'll just spend a second on, but I want you all to ponder this I, 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 and seriously think about it. 
We all accept that God, or, or I hope we all accept, I shouldn't make blanket statements like that, that God sent Jesus here to die for us and that our salvation is a free gift from God. But even if it's a free gift, if, if, uh, if I were to walk up to Andrew here and say, here's a gift for you, he still has to take it, right? He still has to take it. If it's, even if it's offered freely, he, he still has to take it. And we understand that. But look at this. This woman who didn't even understand all of that realized that there was something about Jesus. And it says that her bleeding stopped immediately as soon as she touched him. As soon as she touched his, his clothes, his clothes, uh, even. It, it doesn't even say she made physical contact with his person. It says with his clothes. And notice, Jesus said what? He said, who touched me? And his disciples, you know, I, can just, I can just imagine the hard time they gave him. You know, what do you mean? You know, have you lost it? We're being pushed around by a bunch of people, you know. It'd be like trying to get out of a rugby game, right? And, you're, and, you're, and, the, and, the, and the mass is just moving you along, right? And saying, who touched me? Because he felt what? He felt power go out of him when she touched him. She made a claim on the deposit of power that God has made available to all of us through her faith. And Jesus noticed it. But look at this. It says her bleeding stopped, and she thought she was healed. But I'll ask y'all for your consideration again. Is it possible to be asymptomatic, to not show symptoms, and still not be well? I think it is. And I think that's exactly the case we had with this woman. Her symptoms had stopped. And in fact, that's what, that's what a lot of modern, or I should say contemporary, we're postmodern these days, that's what a lot of contemporary medicine does. It takes care of the symptoms, but it doesn't take care of the cause, and it doesn't solve the problem, and it doesn't actually heal the person. There's a great, great lesson here besides that of faith. and There are multiple lessons in this passage. It's a wonderful passage. Mark does a, a, an excellent job. But she realized that by sneaking through the crowd and sneaking up on Jesus that she had done something wrong. And he looks around to try and figure out, and she confessed. She came and said, it's me. And the scripture says she told the whole truth. Wow. There's so much that's done by the whole truth. And there's so many people who are sick today because they won't tell the whole truth. Confession is a powerful, powerful thing. How many of us truly confess our faults to God? when we need forgiveness, when we need healing, 
and we need to be whole. And Jesus said what? He said, go in peace. She was cured. It wasn't just her symptoms that have stopped. So what is it in our lives? Or what are the, the multiple factors perhaps in our lives that crowd out God and crowd out Jesus and tend to steer us to other things instead of our faith that can make us whole. Lastly, I want us to look at the people in society who aren't so visible, who might need a touch. You know, again, this is such a wonderful story because here you have two women, Jairus' daughter, who was a child of privilege, right? Her dad was a big shot in the community. She had plenty of money, um, presumably, uh, and, and everything she would need. But, you know, as that Italian proverb says, uh, the king and the pawn end up in the same box. All those things couldn't help her when she was near the end nor could all of her father's wealth and power. She was his daughter, and he favored her. On the other hand, the lady with the issue of blood was poor, was an outcast, had nothing. And did you see how Jesus addressed her? He said, daughter, he said, daughter, your faith has made you whole. We have everyone around. May not be a daughter, but they're either a son or a daughter of God. And that's so very, very important for us to realize. But as I was talking about not being visible, Jairus' daughter was not seen until Jesus and his disciples and her parents went in her room. The woman with the issue of blood just was hanging out in the crowd. She was just another face in the crowd, so to speak. Who are the people in your life who are not visible, who need God's touch, who need your touch, God's touch through you? You know, back in the 80s in Romania, Ceausescu, when, when his... Uh, when his regime collapsed, there were, it was discovered all of these orphans, all these orphans that were put in these orphanages, and many of those children, all they, all they got was food and what they needed to live. They didn't have people that carried them around and held them and cuddled them and gave them that kind of attention that, that, that we all need, that we all need. We all need touch. It's very, very important for us. A lot of those orphans became sociopaths because they didn't have that. You know, what we go through when we are infants is crucially important to what we turn out as, as adults. But they needed that touch. There are people all around us that need us to reach out and touch them. And a lot of them aren't so visible. A lot of them might take a little investigative work to figure out who they are. 
but we have the, the ability through the Holy Spirit and what God's given us to lead them to a new life, to a transformation in, all, in their life, to a life where they can be whole. And Jesus does look at the whole person. Make no mistake. Look what he did. Look what he did when he asked the little girl to get up. When he said, it's time to get up. Basically, that's what he was saying to her. Time to get up. She got up. And it said he asked that she would have something to eat. Get her something to eat. So this morning, I want you to consider who out there isn't very visible, who needs your touch, and they need to touch someone else as well so that they can be whole. Amen?